webcast for all things dice dragons demons and a dwarf in the warhammer worlds i'm your host patrick and tonight we got a uh, we got a show talking fire slayers folks but before we get into that thanks for joining us here tonight on grimdark live and, and if you like our show please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so and here's something else for you let your friends know about us pass the show along to other folks that might be interested in uh in this type of show and uh help us grow man we'd really appreciate it and thanks for your help and also in tonight's conversation we're going to be talking about armies and their respective lists so if you have a list that you'd like to share, leave it in the chat in the comments section below in, in, in the notes, and uh, we'll definitely uh, get to it. But all right, you dice, chuck, and glue, sniffing gamer goons, here we go. Tonight, we're going to be talking Fire Slayers, and we're going to be looking at some of the lists for this army, and I think you're going to enjoy the conversation because tonight uh, on the show, i got to be honest with you folks, we got, we got one heck of a Fire Slayers player, our very own Oath Taker and Skull Breaker. Matt Griffin. Griff, what do you hear? What do you say, bud? Welcome to Grimdark Live. How's it going, man? Glad to be here. You know what, man? It, it's 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 going pretty good. But I gotta tell you, you're already you're already freaking showing me up tonight, man. I mean, look at that, folks. Look at look at the beard on this guy. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. That, that what I mean, here's the thing. You know, that's a well manicured freaking beard, right? That's that's a that's a professional carpet you got there, brother. That's pretty nice. It's not like the scraggly hobo thing I've got going on. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh that's funny, man. You gotta you gotta have a beard to be a fire series player. Be, yeah, yeah, and, and and to be a and to be just a, a Dwarden player, I think, right? I mean, you gotta you gotta have the beard. And you know something interesting? Do we want to tell them your, your nickname for the beard, Griff? I mean, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, we were talking about it before the show here, folks. Do you want to want to tell them? I don't know. Oh, uh, you know what, folks? It's the flavor saver. He loves that thing. I gotta be honest with you, man. That that's that is a that is a beard if there ever was one. But at any rate, back to uh back to the oh, board. Thank you. <laughs> but honestly, bud, thanks for being with us, man. Thank you. So tonight here, folks, we're gonna be talking about fire slayers. And you know, I, I think I think Griff, I really want to get your thoughts on your play style with this army and, and your tactics regarding this army. And you know, with the red book that's on this army that's out now, well into 3.0. Uh, here's my first question for you right out of the gate. And, and I guess this is something you can kind of share with everyone else. On a high level, 5,000-foot view, why play Fire Slayers? What's your motivation to play this army? Usually my motivation to play any army is that not a lot of other people are playing it. So that's a big thing for me. I don't like to be the most popular army in the room. So that's a big part of it. And then I, I also just like dwarfs. And there was a time where I was like standing there with a star collecting of fire slayers and a star collecting of KO. And I ended up going KO. And then I played that at AFD, the tournament yeah. that you ran, the great tournament. And yep. uh, just shooting people, no disrespect to any KO players, but when you fly around and you shoot people, it's not a lot of fun for the other player. It's just True. not. Yeah. And uh, 
So I ended up selling that army and I like dwarfs a lot. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get the other dwarfs, check them out. And that was right around the end of 2.0. Right. I just randomly picked them up. And then all of a sudden the news came that the book was coming out and I got super excited for sure. So that that's kind of what led me into them. And then uh, the more that I learned about the lore and everything, the more I started to like them. So... Sure. And you want to know something? Honestly, bud, I mean, your play style with them is pretty unique. And I think the, the couple of lists that we're going to be looking at tonight uh, are really going to kind of kind of pull back the veil here a little bit, if I can say it that way, because I, th- I think the army came out of the gate well misunderstood. And we're going to get into that a little bit more as, as we start talking about it. But I think I think as time goes on, I think the army is going to represent itself much, much better in the community. And yeah, you are an original. You are one of the original guys playing it because you were playing this army before 3.0 broke. Um, right. but you know, what's interesting. And I want to get your two cents on this one. This is kind of one of my ADHD left turn at Albuquerque thoughts here, but I've heard the comparison from, you know, an army level perspective of the 3.0 fire slayers to the 3.0 maggotkin of Nurgle book. Have you heard this as, as far as, you know, how, how folks are kind of saying that they're, they're very evenly keeled, but maybe not so overpowered. Have you kind of heard that comparison? Yeah, yeah, I have, and I and I I, I agree with it. Uh, I have heard that comparison, and I think that although they don't have same play style, they they kind of work. They have the same efficiency rate, or however you want to put that. As far as like, uh, I think they do really good against upper mid tier or mid tier armies, and like that's kind of where you want to be at as an army, anyways. Sure, in my. Yeah, no, no, you know what, and, and I like the fact that, that, that you agree with this comparison because I kind of needed you to push me over the edge because I kind of went back and forth. When I first heard that, I was kind of like, I, I don't know about that. I I think I think in the long run, my, my two cents in a tin can, I think the Fire Slayers are really going to pan out better than Magakin. Now, Magakin's a great army, and they reset the meta, and I get all that, but that's not for this show. But I think the, I think the Fire Slayers, I think once they kind of get out there a little bit more, I, I guess in short what I'm trying to say is, they're a good army. They're not overpowered. And I think most players are going to play against fire slayers are going to understand this and they're going to be in for a good game in terms of the overall power of the book. Uh, they, 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 they do have the tools to deal with things like, like, as you were alluding to Stormcast, you know, heavier, heavier set armies like Stormcast, Stormdrake guard, but their heroes, I think will be immediate targets, but I think that's really the essence of this army. They got some fantastic heroes. I mean, is that a fair statement? Yeah, yeah, and they got, uh, for as little models as they have, they actually do have a wide range, (laughs) and I feel like uh, you don't want to be an army that, like, someone shows up, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, well, I'll I'll play, but I guess, yeah, I guess I'm playing, like, Suns was, for a second, was, like, always, or Iron Jaws, in my opinion, these are my opinions, Um, it's like, all right, yeah, I'll play, but if I'm playing with a lower-level army, we, we kind of already know the outcome. So I don't think people get upset when they see Fire Slayers. So that's a positive. It's like, oh, I have, I don't get to play this often. So that's always good. And then you you hit it on the head when you refer to like different tools. I think they did that a lot with Nurgle, Deepkin, and Fire Slayers. Where right. they give you different tool options and varieties. But uh, it's up to you to use them at the right moment. Yeah, and, and, and we're definitely going to talk about that because, I, man, you hit on a great point now, but I don't want to jump the gun right now because that's an excellent point. And that's what I was referring to, I think, when the veil gets pulled back a little bit. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say on that. But but for now, for this part of the conversation, 
this is a hero hammer army for the most part. And I don't mean to sound disrespectful when I say that, I don't, but that's the only other way I can phrase it. But, uh, you know, it, it has a lot of versatility though, as, as yeah. we're going to see here later in, in your army presentations of both your lists. Have you found, I mean, obviously you kind of already alluded to that, but I mean, you, you found a lot of versatility in the army, as you said, even with a limited unit base or model base. I, I do because not to get too far ahead of myself, but I think that part of it is with the new books, they're not making your sub allegiances lock you into artifacts. So, and command traits. So when, since you're not locked into it, you could add your own flavor to your own heroes, to your own list and still choose a lodge. So I think it, that's, that's a big deal for me. And I really like how GW's done that to where now, if you take a certain lodge or storm host, you're not stuck with that one artifact of power. Yeah. You know what? Um, and and I, I do like that versatility, but you know, I'm kind of more of a goon than you are. I'm not as sophisticated as you, as you can, as folks, as you can tell by the beards, look at that thing. That is a gorgeous beard, man. I'm telling you what I, you know, I kind of have a man crush on the beard. Not, not, a, not, on a, not, on a, not on a real weird way, but I'm telling you, man, that's a flavor saver if I ever saw one. But going back to Fire Slayers, they, they do, man. They, they hit hard in combat, uh, and that's what I like most about them. I, I like the fightiness of the army, and I like the comparison earlier you made to, to them versus, versus KO. You know, I, I think they're going to get in and mix it up, and they do hit hard in combat, and, and most of their units can take a decent beating as well uh, and, and are really hard to remove off the table. And I think, you know, how... How have you managed? Here's one thing I do want to say, though. Now I'm th- kind of thinking about getting into close combat. How have you managed their slower movement stats in gameplay? Well, as much as they are an aggressive team, I actually kind of play. They do have the built-in counterattack, but I I like to kind of like let them come to me with fire slayers. Believe it or not, that's that's how I play with them. Whereas normally a lot of people like to. There's a rune. Relentless Zeal, I think it's called, where you get plus two to movement. Oh, yeah, right. You you get plus two to charge. A lot of people like to do that first turn. And I used to be like that until you realize if you go first and then you add two inch to movement. Well, if they go second and they double turn you now for three turns, you've only added two inch to movement. Whereas if I chose one that was like minus one rend or add one to hit. Sure, I might not use it that much on my first turn. But during his turn where he's counterattacking me, I could use it. And then if he double turns me, now at least I had that minus one run for three turns. And then later in the game, I could still use the two-inch movement. So I think based on the old book, everyone's idea was like slam it in your face. But I actually think the counterplay is better. And there's a guy named Rune Smiter where if you take him, you could add a deep strike to your army. Yeah. Yeah, you know what, and, and I, that's a good point that you brought up because I think a lot of times, at least for me, as being the opponent most of the time against the Fire Slayers army, I find that I forget about the runes. And you know, yeah, they might be slow, right? But but you do get powerful Urgold runes to to activate in in your turns, which you know can 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 make up for for this or 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 make make up for a lot of their shortcomings. But it can actually make them hit even harder when when they do get into combat. And and I think uh, it, it's still there really good combat stats that is the essence of this army. Uh, is that a fair statement? I mean, regardless of all the other oh, extra yeah. stuff. And the reason why the rune is even more important now, kind of not to get ahead of myself, but uh, there's something in the book. Oh, I forget the name exact, exact blades of fury. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. 
I thought this ability was incredible. I'm surprised Nurgle and Deepkin didn't have their own version of it. I thought it was really cool that they gave the Fire Souls the ability to have their own heroic action, like a unique one to them. Yeah. And what it basically is is when you roll, when you pick a ruin, you roll a dice. If you hit a six, it's enhanced. Well, if you just do this heroic action, it's automatically enhanced. Now you can't pick anyone like every turn the same guy. You can only do it once to a guy, kind of like finest hour. But uh. All of a sudden, your rune father's hitting on negative two ren plus oh. whatever artifacts you have. It's, yeah, the the runes are are very important in my opinion. Yeah, I mean you know, and going back to Blaze of Glory, that was a great that was a great cherry pick comment. I love that one. I mean, and this is this this one is really the essence, like I was saying before, of their combat prize that that comes to mind, and that, that's a that's a great example of that. Um, and yeah, I mean it 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 is it is like heroic action, but um. Or it's a heroic action that is a lot like uh, Finest Hour, but I, I do think it's one of those things that helps them stand out a little bit from the other. I'm going to call it Red Book armies. And you know something, Griff, and we're and we're, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here, but I, I really I like the allegiance abilities overall, and I feel they they add a lot to the army. The the Urgold yeah. runes are the main focus of the book as they affect you know all of your units, or I think I think all of them. I think all of them, yeah. And and I think yeah. that they are. Super strong. I, I look at the enhanced effects as really, I don't know how to put it, icing on the cake, I guess. And, and, and the, the standard effects as being the actual ability, which, again, really help your, your, your whole army. I probably did a terrible job of explaining that, but is that, is that pretty accurate? Well, no, it is. And if you were inclined to take Warden allies, there's actually ways to make them all affected by the runes as well so if you wanted to i don't know maybe like uh iron drakes i think oh, yeah. Called or whatever, yep. yeah i don't if i own them i'd probably be testing that out for sure you know yeah. what i mean yeah you know the soul screen bridge and iron drakes that's a winner winner chicken dinner but that's another show man that's 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 right there yeah yeah so, so I, then yeah all of a sudden you give them minus two rend on top of whatever they had and that's oh yeah yeah, that's uh, that's a spicy meatball, man. But and you know, Griff, I'm looking forward to our conversation tonight. I really am. I mean, the book does a really nice job of laying this army out. The lodges are super solid, and and, and as we'll, we'll we'll see here later on, folks. And I'm telling you all this right now. You're going to see that this guy Griff here, he he's going to help us all kind of encourage different army builds, which is also great to see because both of his lists tonight that we're going to be looking at are very almost dynamic polar opposites. But I think what you've done here with with your list, Griff, is that yeah, they're opposites. But I think you're going to see that you you can achieve the same result with both of them. It's it's, it's a really crafty way that you have it. But but folks, more coming up here later on with this army with our awesome guest and with with the best beard in Warhammer probably. Griff. <laughs> so, all right, let's uh, let's keep rolling. So, Griff, here here's the question for you, man. Are you are you staying true? Are you sniffing glue? What's happening in the uh, the hobby or the tournament world for you? Oh man, I'm I'm like always sniffing glue. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm always uh, I've secretly been working on a lot of night haunt because I knew that drop was coming. But I I do have some uh, not to get ahead of myself again, but like I have. I used to play a lot of pole axes that exploded on the sixes, two more wounds. Yeah. The more I play, the more I'm starting to kind of want to do the other build. So I'm working on uh, 20 more of those. Nice. 20 exploding axes I need. So there's just, I got models everywhere. It's ridiculous. 
Yeah, I know. I even got plastic ones in the background. Guy, this guy, it's it's the beard, guys. He's got models just chasing him all over the place. <laughs> I, I've I've been out with him at the bar, and it it, it it's it's the beard. I all just right. keep models around me all the time, whether they're gray or. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, for for me, yeah, I guess right now I'm not sniffing glue anymore. Last week I was sniffing glue, but right now I'm doing a lot better. Uh, and I'm working on something I don't want to I don't want to talk about. But you know what? It, it's 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 going to be well, it's going to be painted marginally average, but it's going to be cool for me when I get it out there. I really want to see if it's going to work before I bring it up because um, I haven't had an I haven't had an order army in a long time. And I just, I just want to lament here for a second, if I can complain and cry and snap my feet, you know, we have an awesome gaming group, you know, Griff's one of the guys in the gaming group and, and, and we have an awesome club. And I'll say this, these guys are all pretty content in their armies. Me, I'm kind of half a spaz and I'm trying to find the perfect order army. You know, Griff's got the fire slayers and we've got some other guys now that are playing the Dracoth riders and all this other cool stuff. Everyone's got cool stuff going on and I'm sitting around going, there's got to be an order army for me. So I'm working on something in secret, and I don't want to blab about it because I, I know that the minute I do, I'll realize it's probably a bad idea. So I'm just going to kind of keep rolling with it. But just let you know, this week, I'm not sniffing glue. I promise you on that. Wow, wow. Secret order army. I'm, I, I'm intrigued. I'm, uh, yeah, that, that's the only hint I'll give you because, you know, I want to tell you, but I'm not going to tell you, no matter what. All right, so... Well, that's it, man. So good. So let's, let's, let's get into the news because we do have some stuff happening in the news. And, um, we actually, you know, it's funny. We got a rumor engine finally, which, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think, uh, I think was something that, um, uh, that, that a lot of people weren't expecting. Cause last week we didn't have a rumor engine, but, uh, here it is, man. I'm saying, I'm looking at this thing right up here, Griff. I'm saying it's a halfling mallet. It's gotta be, that's my wishful thinking anyways. Uh, I'm not sure really what it is. I mean, it's a wooden mallet with some square markings on it, kind of a square stick. I mean, it, it to me, it screams gloom spite gets to me. I know that there's been talk about that book coming around the corner. It, it looks a lot like, uh, you know. Oh, well, it's terrible craftsmanship, so it's definitely not order. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, there you go. So I'm, I'm guessing something gloom spite gets. What do you think? I could see it being gets. Uh Something dumb enough to tape two sticks together and then stick it through a log and smash someone's head with it. So yeah. maybe a rat. Yeah. You know what? It might be Skaven. And we're going to be talking about that in the news here in just a few seconds. It could be Skaven. Uh, but don't if it they, is... Do they have like uh, bandages and stuff? I don't know. Maybe not, though. But I, I feel like that's a bandage they use to wrap it. I don't know. You know what? It, 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 it could be. It could be. Dracon69 in the chats, man. He says it's the rat army. I hope so. I hope so. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But if it is Gloom Spite, worst case scenario, it, it's a single foot hero uh, to go with the new battle tome. That, that's that's my guess. Personally, I, I hope it's it's the mallet to you know trigger the release uh, mechanism of say some kind of an artillery piece. I'd love to see him going back out there with like the you know the Doom Divers again or something like that, or maybe a plastic squid gaba or something like that. I have no idea, but I, I'd like to see something like that. But I, I that they probably won't do that because that's what I'd like to see. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, uh, it, it probably is Skaven, which would actually be would actually be pretty pretty cool. And and speaking well, of Skaven, it, it would be good to know, like, okay, so the rumors are true, or because that has it. I, I apologize. Has that been confirmed or not confirmed that the Skaven book is official? Uh, the Skaven book, well, str- it's been strongly no confirmed. No, uh, not that I'm. Oh. I, I do know that it's. Let's put it this way. Very reliable sources have said that it's definitely coming down the pike. I mean, look what we have right now. I mean, yeah. here in the news, we got the 
we got the repack that's happening. You know, Skaven, uh, and I'll tell you this right now, I, I, I'm kind of jumping around here, but Skaven, they really hold a special place in my heart, not because I'm a player of them, and I'm not, but it, it's because I love every time I play against them. I mean, really, truthfully, Griff, they're probably the best opponent army I can think of. I think I've played uh, hundreds and hundreds of games against Skaven, and I've never, ever, ever had a bad game. E even if the opponent is a short pants, I've always had a good game with Skaven. I, I like playing Skaven. Um, it's just funny when they blow themselves up. or <laughs> it, it seems like the players always having a good time. Yeah, well, sure. I, yeah, and I, th I think there's a lot to that. We actually, that, this is for another show, but I, I do think that there's a, a certain a certain connection to a person's personality versus, uh, uh, you know, the armies they play. I mean, take our own Joseph. You know, he's a raging pervert. He plays Slanesh. I mean, Joseph, we love you, man, but not not in that way, Joseph, because you are a pervert, and that usually gets kind of messy, but, you know, you are a pervert. I know. I thought maybe we could do, like, an outdoor event, but then I was like, Joseph can't be any, near any parks. That, so we'd have to figure that out. No, exactly. Especially if it's warm outside, it gets yeah. a little it gets a little weird. But you know, it, but it, all right, folks, we're back. So, so, the, so the Skaven repackaging is in progress. Um, and and I know, have you seen anything about these repacks, Griff? Like these boxes? Or yeah, what do you mean? yeah, the the repacks right here, the the, the clan rats the ones and the plague monks like, uh, around Christmas with like Soul Blight and then the other ones. Yeah, I yeah. think they're great for someone who's just starting off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, these are the older sculpts. They're repackaging them. And I, I do think they need new minis. I mean, I, I think that the new Underworld Assassins that just were released, what is it, a week or two ago, I think are very cool. And um, I'm really hoping for, for Skaven Eshin revamp uh, of the new Battle Tome, uh, you know, or somewhere within the new Battle Tome when that comes out. I mean, kind of in the edge of, you know, maybe some molders, uh, you know, uh, yeah. something like that. Um, but I, I'm afraid that they're going to get rid of a lot of the weapon teams. Uh, you know, I, I, I hope they don't. That That's me kind of, you know, being pouty. But, um, yeah, so we know that. that. That's really the only other thing in the news right now that we know that's happening is the Skaven are getting the repack. But, so you like playing Skaven yourself. I do. Uh, one of my, the last game I played in Michigan GT, I played against a Skaven player. And they just get excited to, like, kill stuff and have fun and roll dice, which is the whole point of the game, really. So... It just seems like a party. Yeah. Yeah. When you play skate. I don't know why. Maybe you, it's all the warp stuff flying around. You know what? I, I and they're they're and also you know, you, you start getting in the gnaw holes involved and everything like that. I mean, they're 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 they can be a tough army to play against. I love them as an opponent. I love them playing that. And and real quick before we take the break, Dark old Darktron sixty nine, yeah, buddy. I, I we are gonna be talking about Crown Spine Incarnate here on another show. You know, and, and, and I know that we were gonna try to fit him in, but you know something? That's not really something we can sort of peacefully, you know, peace you know, peaceably put in, right? Did I say that right? Or just have little bits and pieces of it is what I'm trying to say. Boy, I ain't never learned too good in American. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. But I will say that we will have <laughs> a uh uh, a, a separate uh, little show to talk about that because really, you know, they got the anvil of apotheosis back and all that kind of stuff. And, and I definitely want to uh, uh, give it its two cents in a, in a tin can, but you know what we got coming up here, Griff, you know what, with you and that beard, we got fire slayers coming up right after the, uh, right after the break. You ready? Oh yeah, baby. All right, man. Fire slayers coming up. Stick around. Hey gang, I want to thank you for being with us today on Grimdark Live. Thanks for being with us on tonight's show. But before we get into our main topic here on the show, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker and become a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. 
So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, check out our podcast or blog sections, attend an upcoming event, or should you know that GrimdarkLive.com has some great products in our shop, t-shirts, hoodies, caps, dice, and a ton more. So get your swag on with Grimdark Live merch. Also, from GrimdarkLive.com, you can find us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms. We're constantly updating the website, so check it out for new stuff on the site. But with all that said, we just want to thank you for being part of this show and being here with us tonight, here on Grimdark Live. Now, let's get to the main topic of the show. Fire Slayers, man, we are, uh, we're going to get into it and get into this topic. Uh, but gang, I want to say this real quick with this topic tonight. My guests and I have a lot to unpack here with the Fire Slayers. And, and even for me, you know, in, in getting ready for this conversation and my reviews of the army, um, I've even learned a few things about Fire Slayers. And, and Griff, uh, let's get rolling on this, man. You ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so Griff, let, let's let's start off kind of kind of at a five thousand foot view here, real quick. Let's start off with the foundation of the army here in three point oh, and I, I think there are some big changes for this army. You know, the, the the book was released on the heels of the Fury of the Deep box set, um, but you know, as we said earlier in the show, you know, you've been playing prior to the three point oh uh, releases, correct? That's correct. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Right. So it's that simple. But, you know, I, I think what the thing is, what, what's most confusing uh, for me when they were released here in 3.0 is with the Fury of the Deep box set was the change that we actually got from the Fury of the Deep box set where, uh, all, you know, I guess, you know, between what, what came in the box, to say the least, versus the War Scrolls now, that the, the, the units are the same, but the point costs and things like that are different. I think there was a little bit of a gaff on GW's part, the way that they released that box set, because if you were just a player that wanted to play with the box set, you'd be, you, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be playing the right units, let's just say. And I don't know if they did that to the Iden of Deepkin. Yeah. I, I do think, quote unquote, I think the Fire Slayers got the uh, short end of the stick on that one. Did you notice that? Well, that's what I thought at first. And to be honest, I, uh, I was like, I mean, the staple of the army, you would have got five Orc Guard or five Berserkers and then 10 Volkite plus the Flamekeeper. Right. And I was like, is it really worth it? If you didn't have those filler units, sure, buy the box. But now after playing a couple games with the Flamekeeper and realizing that you could double down on his ability, uh, I actually bought another Flamekeeper. So okay. now I run two Flamekeepers in that list that we'll talk about later. And... Although at first it was disappointing just to get one hero, you know, you're like, okay, we only get one hero. You're looking for a new release. But I, after playing him on the table, he's actually pretty, pretty good. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and we are going to talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, you know, but, but regardless, you know, the book is the main reference point for, for all you Fire Slayers players. We're going to stick to that. But Griff, take us through the lore of this army the best that you can. I mean, what, what do we need to know about this faction from a, from a high level? Well, there's different lodges that uh, all have their own unique descriptions and history of their own. And basically, then there's different units within it that are, uh, what I like about it is there's no wizards. Yeah. So there's only, it's a priest-heavy army. And uh, with that being said, there's the Rune Father, the Rune Son the rune smiter, the rune master, you're going to see rune in a lot of these names. And that's the reason, the reason why is because they actually smashed 
the runes into their own flesh to gather the power of it and all that type. So I, the more that I, like I was saying, like before, I more recently in this year, I got more into the lore of Warhammer, whereas before I was just getting into how to play the rules and that type of thing. Right. And then the more I get into the lore, the more exciting it is when you run the units because it's like you know them more personally. Sure. Like, you, oh, well, this is his background. This is his history. This is why he's called that. Or even as much as like, this is why this ability is this way because of this lore. So I, I, with the new books like Soul Blight and uh, Fire Slayers and all that, I, I have been trying to read the lore, but. Yeah. It, yeah. There, there's, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. And, and you know what though? I mean, um, you know, uh, just, just, yeah, the, the lore is getting more and more rich. I mean, I think they're doing a great job building it back from, from say, the olden days when they blew the world up. But, I mean, it's definitely in the last five years it, it, it's come along. But, you know, one of the things that, that, that I think is awesome about this army is they're kind of the anti-hero-esque type army. I mean, they're mercenaries. You know, Fire Slayers lead a mercenary lifestyle in their pursuit of, the, in their pursuit of this uh, Urgold, right? And, 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 you know, I think it's kind of neat when it talks about, you know, they're, they're willing to kind of shackle up with just about anybody for the right amount of coin. Uh, well, I mean, was it the mercenary aspect of the army that, that, uh, that drove you to them in a little bit, maybe, maybe in a way? Uh, yeah, I, I, that's also what drove me to KO. Just the fact that they, without sounding nihilistic, the reason I liked KO was because they didn't worship a God and they just wanted the gold. But, sure. uh, there's a lot, a lot of the other armies, uh, all worship a different, god or whatever and uh a big part of it was that they're dwarves that mine gold and drink beer in a tavern that's like a big part of why i like them right there you go there you go uh i'll drink to that um yeah see there you go i'm gonna have one so uh so griff here's the uh here, here's for me. You know, I, I think the best part in, in for, for me in the lore wise was was the return of Grungy, who, uh, if you guys don't know who that is, that's Grimner's brother. Um, and, and the lore explains that uh, the, the Fire Slayers, the Dispossessed, and the Karajan Overlords, those are the three uh, factions of Dwarden, are, are all glad that he's back, except for the Fire Slayers, uh, I believe, of one of the lodges. I think it's the Lofner Lodge, I believe. Uh, or and don't quote me on that. Again, I'm 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 reading through the book trying to get ready for the show, and and we get a good idea of the relationship between the different Dwarden factions, which is another thing that's pretty cool that they don't all really get along, and and uh, you know they've they've kind of come to an uneasy alliance. Although there are still some you know here's that word big grudges, you know. So I think that that's something that uh, I think in the lore that undertone there that's happening there, I think is pretty awesome. It makes me excited for what's going to be coming down the pike when say they do redo. The dispossessed or the Karajan overlords. Um, are you aware of that? Did you did you did you know about any of that happening in the lore? Uh, not in particular. Like I was kind of saying, um, the lore to me is all new, and I and I'm and I apologize about that because I know it's it's an awesome aspect of the game. But with playing all the time, learning the rules, and then uh, painting the armies, building the armies. I just never read the book, which is shame on me, but, uh, yeah, well, you know what? I mean, but you're a hell of a player. So obviously reading the book didn't, didn't hamper your ability to play, man. I'm telling you folks, this guy will give you a game. Uh, but Griff, let, let's, let's, let's boil it down then a little bit more to the army itself. I mean, with the new battle tone comes new allegiance abilities, you know, per their lodges. And they do have some amazing ones that have returned from, from their older book, let's just say. And, and a few ones that I guess 
yeah, I can say that add a lot to the to the army. But without mentioning the lodge or allegiance abilities or anything like that that we're going to be talking about in your list here later on, um, what are some honorable mentions? Uh, honorable mention lodges and abilities that you like in this book right off the cuff. Well, I would say the biggest win is uh, Loft there, yeah. hands down. With with the Magma Dross all getting two extra wounds and then making the Rune Sun's battle line, it's it's like a no-brainer thing, which is nice sometimes. And it's, uh, you know, here's my three Magma Dross. They all, and then they all get to unlock a mount trait each. Right. So, you know, and there's only three. So if you run three, you get all three. Right, and, right. Uh, they're they're pretty good mount traits too. Like uh, we could get into that later, but they are pretty good mount. Yeah, traits. and we are uh, going to talk about that for sure because you you got you got them in one of your lists. Yeah, and I think that uh, another thing for me would be um, they were heavily affected by the fact that the lodge doesn't lock you into the artifact of command trait because they have all these wonderful artifacts and command traits and uh, mount traits. To where now I could choose whatever lodge I want and whatever artifact I want. So that that what that unlocked for a lot of people, which believe it or not, I used to do this in the old version. But uh, but if you did this in the old book, you couldn't run a lodge. But anyways, yeah. Right. Uh, in the new version, uh, you could people are doing this thing with the Rune Father on Magma Droth where you could double his attacks for a turn and then attack twice with him. So now you know. Before you would have had to sacrifice your lodge with this new book. You don't have to sacrifice a lodge. You could still do that. And now with the expansion of battalions and this new edition, you could even get more enhancements and all that stuff. So it's really cool how you could customize the dwarfs to either like to how your play style, I guess. Right, say. right. And that goes back to the versatility that we talked about a little bit here at the top of the show. And 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 so, folks, to kind of reel this in here a little bit for 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 you folks trying to uh, you know kind of kind of grasp the army, there are what. Uh, Griff, there there are four lodges, and all of them have been, I would say, reworked and tweaked now in 3.0. I, I guess you know. There's, uh, so there's three lodges and a crusty sock. <laughs> yeah, that was you're, you're talking about Hermdar. I would I would I would guess on that one. I mean, you know, I oh guess I guess God. the days of having 15 Hearthguard berserkers attacking twice are are long gone. Uh, I'm looking at you, you crusty sock Hermdar players, uh, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I guess I guess now that we know kind of what your thoughts are on, on Hermdar now in in, in three point um, oh, that that's it, the it, untouchable it, one though, right? It Hermdar is so bad now for for whoever thought that was a good idea. They could have made it a little bit better. I I could read. I'll read it for everybody. But uh, what what it does do is allows Hearthguard Berserkers or Orc Hearthguard to become battle line without having to take Rune Father because if you make your Rune Father your general, they're battle line too. So let's say you don't want to do that. You don't want to take Runefather. You choose Hermdar. Uh, if a friendly Hermdar unit wholly within enemy territory or wholly within 12 inches of an objection, uh, objective fails a Battleshock test, half the number of models that flee rounding up. Yeah, right. So I used to know the math, but it wouldn't even matter from like one to four. Like until you hit four, it doesn't even matter. So if you lose one to three, this wouldn't even take place. You'd have to be in their territory or by an objective for this to take place. And there's just ways to pass Battleshock for command points and, you know, other ways. Maybe I don't know off the top of my head, but the other ones 
are so nice. I I, I mean, it could have just been as simple as half the miles that fleet. Not right. Enough. Right. I, I think I think Hermdar was really kind of I, I think they tried to. I think they I think they gave up on it. I'm just gonna say that right now. I think the writers gave up on it because I mean all all that we know about Hermdar right now from where it was back in 2.0, at the very least you look at it and you say, okay, well hey Hermdar, it does unlock Orc Hearthguard to be battle line. That's kind of cool. Uh, but then you think yeah. to yourself, well what what the heck? I can also do that by taking a priest as my general, so I don't even need Hermdar anymore. So it, you're probably gonna anyways. Yeah, but you know the one that I liked a lot in, in reading through the book was. Um, uh, Vost, Vostarg, or, or, or if I'm saying that right, Vostarg. And this one I really like because I, I, I dig Volkite Berserkers. And, and I know with this, with this particular lodge, you get plus one to hit, uh, and a wound on a turn in which they, which they charge, which I would think you're going to want to try to get that off with your Berserker, your, your, your Volkite Berserkers as much as you possibly can. And, and, you know, here's the thing too, Griff, needless to say, if, if you want to run Volkite Berserkers, this lodge, from what I understand, and I'm talking about uh, Vostarg, if I'm pronouncing that right, yeah. this lodge gives your units a huge boost, but it, it 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 only does so on the charge. So if if you lose priority at the wrong time, it really could do nothing for you. I get that, but I really got to say it it it's still really good though. I I think of I think of an honorable mention because we're going to talk about the other two that are in your list right now. But I think an honorable mon- mention, I would say that. You know, I would definitely say that Vostarg is not a crusty sock. I would definitely say yeah. that. I I agree with you, but I would, and I'll explain why, but I would have to put it at three out of four. And the reason why is when I first saw it, I got super excited. I uh, I own 40 or 50 Volkite Berserkers, so I'm all for it. And uh, I'm like, you know what? Add one to hit, add one to wound. Then if they have the double axe, they add an extra attack. Now, now we're talking, right? Right. And... Uh, and then maybe with the rune, they're up minus one ren. I mean, you could do some damage. But then I felt like they had the fulminator, fulminator curse, which is like they only are that impactful when they charge. Sure. Like you kind of brought up. Yeah. So then, so then as I started playing more and playtesting, I was like, you know what? I could run the same list as we'll talk about my list later with all the Volkite. But instead of give, giving them plus one to hit and wound for rolls, with my other setup, I have four or five artifacts of power with Greyfred. Yeah, that's true. If I'm saying that, yeah, yeah, the, and, yeah, uh, the, the Blackbeards, right? So uh, you know, and then all my foot heroes get plus one wound. So the only reason, I guess, now that we're talking about this out loud, why I would take the Volstag is uh, if I was going to do Magma Dross with Volkites. There you go. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, that that's a good point. Um, but let's, let's, let's talk runes here real quick. Cause you know, you just mentioned it and it kind of made me think of that real quick. I'm, you know, before we get into your list now, if we touch on Urgold runes, um, mm-hmm. you know, that are obviously listed in the book and, and, and what I know of is this. So at the start of your hero phase, you can pick one of the runes. I think there's, there's six of them and roll a D six, or maybe you can pick one. And on a one through five, uh, it's the normal effect. And on a six, you get both the normal effect and the enhance effect. But ex- explain to us a little bit more on how you use these runes. So the runes are, like you said, you get to pick them. Okay. So you get to, that goes back to like the tools in the toolbox, right thing for the right moment. Thing. Right. And uh, some of them are better than others, of course. Um, but all of them are pretty good. If, if, you, if I was to pick one of the worst would be rune of... Uh, the far sight, which adds one to your throwing axe, which they made the throwing axe better, I will say. But uh, for a worst, that would be the worst 
But then to pick the best, anyone could argue a lot of these. So it's hard to say which one's the best. But sure. Well, I, uh, I would say that I would say looking at this, you know, look, looking at it from when I was reading up on it, I think the Rune of Relentless Zeal is probably the best one. I mean, I, I let me put it this way: best in terms of I think it's I I I think I think it's the one that uh, will get used first turn in most games. So I, it'll probably get used the most. Um, I, I right. think the normal effect gives plus two to move to all Fire Slayer units, which they are going to definitely need, especially if they're an infantry base list. And I think the enhanced effect gives. Uh, like two plus to charge, which if you're if you're going back to uh, uh, Vostarg, will will make getting those charges off more likely. I think so. I, I think when I when I was looking at them, I thought, yeah, I, I'm looking at it from a practical standpoint. But I think the Rune of uh, Relentless Zeal, I think, is one that I think would probably you you probably see used the most. Maybe I don't know. No, I agree with you, and I think that's the one that stands out first to everybody because it's just like. You know, they have bad movement. Well, here's a way to add to their movement. So it's a good answer to their problem, which is probably their biggest problem, the movement. But right. uh, like I was saying, if you do it first round and then you get double turned with two to three, your rune didn't do anything except maybe give you two inches. And for my style of play with one of my lists, if I'm just ferocious advancing with three magma draws anyways, and I'm doing the little two-step walk thing where you roll the dice, but you don't really go the whole movement for a ferocious advance of sure. monsters right then that inch movement was wasted on them anyways and then i'm only really using it on my units of hearth card berserkers and i could just either auto six one or run it and hopefully i hit high and uh basically save that for later in the round where if i get in combat with someone because this is a problem with uh fire slayers you get in combat with someone sure you might kill them now you got to get over to the other side yeah, right. So that's why keeping this one in your pocket does help. But I, I do agree. It will be the most used one. I, I still don't know which one's my favorite, even after playing all these games. I would probably say the the Rend. For whatever reason, I just really like that. Oh, that's end. the uh, the Awakened Steel one or something like that, right? The the yeah. the or or something like that with Steel. Some, something Steel. I don't remember what it is now, but it does. It, it, it gives you uh, it, 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 no, plus one to your Rend, basically, in Melee, right? And I could see people... Uh, yeah, to melee only. That's a good point, though. Right. Melee. And I, I can see people um, arguing on the different enhancements, command traits for Runefather, because a lot of the one you're going to see is Blood of the Berserker, the one where after he fought for the first time, he can attack again after everything, after everybody else attacked. They don't get to attack twice. So they get to attack after once, and then after everybody attacked, then they get to attack again. So they don't yeah. want to attack again. And that's a good, that's but, a good uh, piece to clarify. Yeah, because I way back I used to attack twice in a row, and then in the new book I realized that's not how it was. But uh, there's a different one called Spirit of Grimnar, and instead of enhancing your runes on a six, it's a five. Oh yeah, so that's yeah, huge. right. That's you. Now all of a sudden, that's a thirty-two percent chance, I believe. And uh, when when these things get enhanced, it's it's pretty big deal. Like five up ward for the whole army. Possibly right. for two turns if they double you. I mean, it, it, it's a big deal. So I, I could see people using that one a lot too. Yeah. To make the room five. But basically, you want to get in combat and then, you know, you could add one to hits. You could add one to Ren. You could do this. You could do that. And then when you start compounding all these different abilities, you have a pretty spicy meatball, but you can mess that up. You could You could do it at the wrong time. You could waste it. Yeah, so, and, and that's, that's true. And I think I think you touch on a good point because you know picking the right order of activating these runes, I think, will be 
super important, if that's the way to put it, uh, as, as you, I would think you'd want to use the combat runes when the majority of the units are uh, are in important combats or maybe, you know, combats of units you want to try to get rid of while using the movement runes, like you were saying before, to get into position to capture objectives or make that important charge or, 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 or things like that. So, um, you know, here's one thing that I, I, I was going to ask you at the top of the show and it, it, it shot out of my mind. Uh, before we get to your list, drop count. Is drop count in an army like Fire Slayers? you know, for, for the play and for the tactics, is it a big concern for you as a fire slayer player? To me, it's not, okay. uh, for different reasons. And that's kind of how I've been on all of my armies lately. Not all, but like, I think I have five or six different armies, so it's hard to say all, but, uh, what I would say is that the benefit, if, if, if they're going to do the battle regiment and they're getting one or two or maybe three drops, well, if I'm at four, I'm screwed anyways. So, yeah, right. I just feel like it's a crapshoot that you might both tie anyways. You might, if you're both doing battle regiments. So I'd rather take the extra enhancements, the extra uh, triumphs, whatever, right. whatever it is. Or uh, your monsters can't affect me, the Heartland. Yeah, Hunters of the Heartland, which, which you're carrying in one of your lists, by the way. That list on the surface can seem like a lot, but it's really... It, it all makes sense when right. you break it down. Right. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, man. List. Let's get into your first list here, man. And I, I think I think this is going to be, um, well, we'll save it for the presentation, man. All right, Griff. Let's get into your first first of two lists here. Uh, we got Lofner Lodge. Uh, and now, it doesn't appear to be any battalions in this list. Uh, this appears to be heavy magma drop list. So, so let's get into this and let's really start from the top. I mean, if I were to look at this, what, what's your, I mean, I, I, this list we have showing up here, I know you have one, but it, we're not showing it. What's your grand strategy for this list? Oh, you know what? Uh, I had to delete and re-download the Warhammer app for whatever reason. It wasn't working. Yeah, and I, I guess the I glitches, include, man. I didn't include the warlord, so I do apologize. But, uh, my, my, uh, grand strategy is Beastmaster. Okay. All right. What are your yeah. thoughts on, before we get into this, what are your thoughts uh, of the grand strategies in the Fire Slayers book? Oh my God. I'm glad you asked. Uh, I mean, to grand me, strategy yeah, go are, ahead. You know, another pile of socks, but yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm glad the you said battle that. tactics. I, I like the battle tactics a lot. I think that three or four of them are pretty good, but the grand strategies just seem far-fetched. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad you said that because um, when I was reading through the book in, in preparation for the show here, I said, you know, I'm looking at the grand strategies, and and most of the time these don't really appear to be very good compared to ones that are that are just found in the generic core rules. So I thought this was kind of a waste of ink. But um, yeah. on, on a more positive note, there are six battle tactics for the Fire Slayers, and uh, I, I got to say, which. Obviously, they're similar to the grand strategies in the fact that they are themed around the the, the narrative of the Fire Slayers. Um, so I, I do like that. I mean, so what is the grand strategy for this list? The, oh, the grand strategy for, for that list is Beastmaster. Okay, got it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, with with the magma yeah, draws. Because right. I have three uh, magma draws. Okay. All right. Cool. So, yeah. All right. So 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 Lofner. Lofner Magma Drops. Let's uh, let, let's get into this. I know they get uh, they get what plus two to their wounds, making them what eighteen wounds or or is it or is it twenty yeah. wounds? Eighteen wounds. No, eighteen uh, base, sixteen normal, and then okay. they each get they each get a mount trait, which is pretty sweet. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, so basically, 
we got the Rune Father of Magmadroth, which is a general because that's going to unlock my uh, Hearth Guards as Battle Line. Yep. And then Blood of the Berserker, which is the most common one. You're going to see that everywhere. I think that's the one. That, yeah, he gets to attack twice. Yep. And then the artifact is debatable. The Demon Slayer, what that does is no ward sa saves. Can't ward save his axe, basically. Right. And uh, I knew the tournament that I was going into, there was a lot of Nurgle players. Oh, yeah. So I knew that shrugging was going to be a big deal. So that's why for this list specifically, I chose the Demon Slayer. I could also see people choosing the, I think it's called like the Magma Trout Ale or something like oh, yeah, that, right. where you double your attacks. Uh, so you could bounce between those two. Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and and I want to say one thing before we get too deep into this list. What we're what we're showing up here on the screen here, folks, is is pretty much the the, the heroes. But I want to make an interesting point about this Lofner list here that 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 I want to make sure everyone kind of embraces because this is one of the coolest things about this list I think is happening right now. An interesting point is uh, that we'll get to this you know here a little bit more is the Rune Sun on Magma Droth also becomes battle line in this lodge which is which is quite an enhancement of the battle line you know slot which is we're going to get to that here in a little bit but um i really like how you have the orc rune father on a magma droth kitted out as your general um I, I think you're right blood of the berserker is 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 something i mean i'll put it this way that's exactly how i'd kit him out but when i was reading through this and i don't mean to you know put the brakes on here for for, for this guy but what about spirit of grimner on this guy i mean i was looking at this and i said while the general is on the table, right? This is what you're reading. Yeah. The enhanced yeah. effect from the Urgold runes works on a five plus instead, instead instead of that six. And I also think it's it, and th this is awesome to me as it forces uh, kind of a kind of a, a multiplier meaning and in, 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 in it makes your whole army better. I think it's I think it's a it's a it's a whole. Uh, embracing little uh, little piece you can put on the spirit of Grimner, but that's just my. I, I don't think it's as good as what you have. But have you ever considered something like that? Oh, I those are the two you definitely want to play around with with the oh. father or the rune son because uh, sometimes you know the thing's dead, and even if you attack twice, there's only like two wounds left on something. It's kind of a waste, anyways. But it might free you up for the next turn. Sure, but I, I think that. It's a really good one, though. I think I would say is like sometimes when you're explaining your rules to people and you're like, all right, this is my general. He is the blood of Berserker. Uh, he gets to attack twice in the combat phase. And the artifact, his axe is unwardable. People are like, it kind of freaks people out a little bit. So that that's kind of a mind game. Whereas if you explain the rune thing, they might not really know what that is. So that doesn't really play into that. I like to play mind games with people. Yeah. Know. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's, it's like the old saying goes, I can explain it to you, but I can't understand it for you. You know, so you. Right. I think I think in this game especially, you're always going to run into that. But you know, I want to stick with this general here real quick because I think there's a lot to unpack here with this with this with this Rune Father on a Magma Droth. So the artifact, yeah. you've got Demon Slayer on him, and again, that this goes back to the to the to the no ward rolls, which yeah could baffle some people. I could see that, um, but you did something different here, and I don't know if you did this intentionally, but I mean, you did you kind of you kind of twisted the tables here a little bit on what I normally see of the you know of this kind of character as a general and you you gave i'm, I'm giving away the goods here a little bit that's why i'm hesitating uh but we're gonna get <laughs> into this uh you gave the axe of grimner to your battle line magma Droth, but I, I found it interesting that on this hero for uh for an artifact 
you you didn't take say like the axe of Grimner. What was your yeah. thought process between the two artifacts as, as far as a choice? And you know what's funny? I think I think you may have cracked the code here a little bit because I think Demon Slayer is better on the general, but yeah. that's not widely known. There's two reasons, or maybe two reasons off the top of my head. Let's say, um, back to the mind game thing. Like, okay, there's this big scary rune father who also just to dive into the cold hard ancient. When you attack him in melee, minus one to your damage. Or if you do two, you do one. Minus right. three, you do two. So that makes him a little more uh, unkillable. But they focus everything on him okay. most of the time, which is fair. I understand why, especially because he's my general. But if I kid out the rune son with the, uh, the, the axe, the thing that gives him plus one ren, plus one damage. Yeah, the axe of Grimner, right. They almost always, so if I, I charge them, I always run them right next to each other. Spoiler alert, if you ever play me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're going to have to make a choice at that point. And they're both kitted out pretty well to where someone's going to smack pretty hard. And uh, I, I feel like they underestimate the rune son. So that's why I give them the axe. Because yeah. okay. they're worried about the rune father. So it's kind of like a... Another, all of a sudden, uh, if you pop the Lord of the Lodge with the Rune Father, the first time that they get in, let's say, you're in the meat of their army now because it's the beginning of the first combat, so everyone's still full strength, let's say. Um, you pop Lord of the Lodge, all of a sudden the Rune Son who's next to him gets six attacks. I usually give him finest hour and then do all out. So we're talking six attacks, twos and twos. Um, minus two ren, three damage a pop, and then depending on what rune I'm running, that could be minus three ren, un yeah. unsavable basically. And then all of a sudden, six attacks on twos and twos, unsavable, three damage a pop. Uh, you know, he's doing like uh, fifteen twenty. Yeah. Yeah, and then he has this whole list of attacks. So you know, you that, know. I, I did it that way. I could easily see someone giving the Axe of Grimnar to the Latchkey Grand Axe. For but but you want to know something? You 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 kind of flipped the script here. That's why I wanted to bring that up when I was looking through your list. You know, the only other thing that I would suggest, and again, I don't think this is necessarily going to be anything better than what, what you have. As a matter of fact, I think it could be a, a dead heat tie as far as artifacts are concerned. Because I, I, I never really thought about the Demon Slayer until I saw it in your list. And I thought, okay, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. But uh, the other one is the Unbreakable Resolve one. The uh, um, um, uh, it's like the rune. Oh, it, it's anyway. I can't remember what it is. It, it, it's Unbreakable something, but it's once per battle. Uh, the bearer gets a three plus ward save, and I think that that's gonna, could be something you know because we're seeing a lot of maw crushers still, and I think that could definitely help prevent against those maw crusher charges when those big bastards come bearing down on you. But I, I think or a stonehorn or something like that. So I think having that rune uh, could could also be something now. Maybe it's not as good oh, because it, the master rune of unbreakable resolve. Absolutely. That's yeah. like, I, I could, that's on, on the paper. It might be like, ah, it's only once per battle. I don't really like once per battles, but really to give some, let's say you do um, slay the warlord, bring down list of different things where you're trying to kill a specific, my guy. Oh, I'll just, uh, you know, you want to kill my general. And now my general has a three up war during the shooting phase. And that's how you were going to kill him. Right. So it's a huge uh, battle tactic shutdown. I love that. I love that one, but there's just that that's what I'm saying. They have so many good ones. 
that's why I'm glad they didn't lock you in. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They they did give you a lot of that. The, well, that versatility that we keep coming back to. But you know what? Okay, I I kind of I kind of hung us up here on on one character, and you got plenty of them. I mean, we got we got you, we got your uh, Rune Smiter on a Magma Droth. We got you got one of those in in your list as far as hero slots. You've got your Orc Rune Master, and then you've got your two Orc Rune Sons. So let's uh, let's kind of get into them a little bit. What, what's your build and philosophy on those guys? So the Rune Master, he knows every prayer. He's my only foot hero in the uh-huh. uh, in the list. I usually keep him right by the uh, forge for the first at least couple rounds, right. so he gets that extra chant. So he knows all the abilities. Which really, what I normally do is uh, prayer of ash, so they yep. get they get subtract one to hit or wound. I'm sorry, subtract one to wound, and then the Rune Sun. I could see why people, or I'm sorry, the Rune Smiter on Magma Droth. I've played with this guy. Like, do I want this guy? Do I not want this guy? Mm-hmm. Why don't I just take another Rune Sun? Right. Or a, um, but his his uh, Runic Empowerment. Yeah. Add one to wound rolls of a, a Fire Slayer in melee. Yep. Or no, not even melee. Just add one. So that would affect shooting too. So, uh, that's a big deal. That's why I take him. Add one to wound. Sure. So now, all of a sudden, when I was talking about that uh, rune sun having finest hour, mm-hmm. the reason why I would give him finest hour that first turn in combat is because the other guy already gets minus one to all your damage in melee, and then I'm going to give him this uh, runic empowerment. So it's uh... – oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I mixed that up. But uh, if, if you give the one guy uh, finest hour, he gets – plus one of his wound. Then you could give the father plus one of his wound. Now they both have plus two wounds. You could give one all out attack. It, it, it's massive damage. Yeah. So, right. Uh, the, and what I like to do too, is you'll notice that he's equipped with a lava tongue adult. And what that is, is like no matter with their, with their roaring fire stream ability, which is their missile attack. For the right. Magma draws, uh, it's, I think it's nine inches. It's a massive 10. If there's 10 models within nine inches, you get to shoot 10. If there's eight, you shoot eight. One, you shoot one. But this guy, he always minimum five. Okay. Minimum yeah. Five. yeah. So that's nice. If you're going to, if a foot hero's coming up at you, uh, or even just battle line chaff or anything. But what's really sweet about the Magma Dross now, uh, and I've seen mixed reviews on this, I was surprised. But what I really like is, First turn, you're not really shooting nine inches anyways, anybody, mm-hmm. unless somehow the deep strike can charge you. But uh, you could uh, you can enrage the fire in their belly first turn. So then second turn, all of their shots, all three magma draws, at least in this list, all three, uh, have negative three rent. And then sure. he has a minimum five shots. So I like to play him back. Oh, yeah, I right. play him back. Yeah. I keep him back at my base next to my rune master and then a unit, uh, you know, depending on who I got where. But with this list in particular, I, I do play a little more reserved. I let that fierce counterattack play into it. I like to uh, um, use redeploy a lot with this list. Yep. Any list, redeploy is great. And and then the reason why you see two rune sons is because uh, I would have done maybe different heroes, but... Uh, the Rune Sun in particular have this ability, and I might be saying this wrong, but it, it's called like a retinue. Yeah, yeah, right. That, that's the retinue where they can take the Hearthguard Berserkers. 
Right. So right. You know, he gets to attack first, then they attack, or he could pass off his wounds to them. Mm-hmm. And everyone who knows Fire Slayers knows that uh, the Hearthguard Berserkers only get that super juicy four of ward if they're next to a hero. Right. So it's essential that you have heroes next to them. So shoving these little extra 80 point heroes next to them, because they're probably going to be focusing on your magma draws, uh, helps you keep that ward around, which oh, yeah. is essential army to even work yeah and, so, and you want to know something it, it go ahead uh, before i make my point go ahead well just just the last thought there was that i have two blocks of um hearth guard so mm-hmm. i have two runes accompanying one each yeah yeah and, and and we're gonna get to those here in a minute when we look at the troops but you know i want to go back to the rune smiter on a magma draw real quick because I, I think i think there's something pretty amazing about this this particular unit for me it harkens back to the old uh, uh, huskered on a thunder tusk from the Ogre Maw Tribes army when you could just, you know, shoot out dirty snowballs and do six mortal wounds. And, and really, it, it, and it was a priest and this is a priest. And yeah. it, it, it has that old feeling. And that was one of my favorite models to play. But going back to the prayer here thing for a minute, I mean, you took prayer of ash on this guy. And I think that's probably the best of the prayers. Uh, but for me, of all the prayers, when I, when I was looking through the book, there are really two, I would say, I, I would say, yeah, I would say two of the three prayers uh, that are standout, I would say yeah. prayer of ash and ember storm. And for me, yeah. I think, I think the two are interchangeable. I think, cause I think ember storm with its 18 inch range. Um, I think, I think you're getting it off on a three. Uh, you can take a unit of Volkite berserkers, right? Or I guess the other, the other berserkers, the, uh, Hearthguard ones. Yeah, that's who it is. And, uh, mm-hmm. and they could run and charge again. Uh, really good in, 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 I'm going to go back to my favorite one here. Volstarg. I'm going to go back to that one. Um, yep, and and yep. I, I think for this rune smiter, uh, what are your thoughts on taking the, you know, or what, what are your thoughts about the runic iron or taking the rune? I mean, the runic iron isn't a melee weapon anymore. I, I think it was at one time, but instead gives you rerolls when, when chanting, uh, his, his war scroll prayer, which is obviously runic empowerment empowerment. So, um, I, I what I think is like, I think that the one that I have built and made is the other one so i just run it but okay. honestly I, I probably would run the one that uh re- lets you do the reroll. i think that's probably better yeah maybe there's uh there's a different artifact not in this list where you could double you get to reroll and double your invocations anyways right and then the only reason the reason why i did prayer of ash is uh sometimes simplicity and warhammer helps helps your brain yeah and, there you uh, go yeah runic empowerment uh, you add one to wound rolls for someone, and then prayer of ash, you subtract one from right. wound rolls. So yep. kind of like add one minus one. Which one do I want to do? Right. It, it's a little easy. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, and and so your other heroes, I think you're using them very wisely. I, I really like how you're going to tuck the the orc rune sons, you know, in by your magma draws, and I, and, and and obviously backing up the hearthguard berserkers. We're going to be looking at uh, here soon. Um, which I mean, you know, folks, when we talk about retinue, what we're talking about is, is the, these units are actually the rune sun's bodyguard. That, that's the simplest way I can really, I can really put it now, like the dispossessed, which are my favorite, uh, dwarves or dwarden, by the way, uh, the retinue units can absorb wounds. Like you were saying before, um, you know, uh, but I think it's after the rune sun has attacked the retinue. I think what, I think one thing, if I, if I remember this right in the book, the one thing that really is an enhancement in this retinue is after the rune sun is attacked, right? Uh, yeah. the, the unit, it's retinue unit can also attack if they're within three inches of the unit. So you're almost getting like, you know, you got, you got, you got 10 berserkers there with you. They can attack two immediately after this guy. That's, 
that that makes the stock for 80 points. That makes the stock go way the heck up. Yeah, yeah, especially for 80 points. I mean, yeah, that's pretty good. And side note for anyone interested in Fire Slayers, there's a character called Grimwrath Berserker, and they have these oaths to Grimnar, I believe they're called. And actually, one of those oaths, you can make him a retinue. Yeah, retinue. And uh, but that's pretty cool. Don't give away the goods, have... man. We're getting there. Don't give away the goods yet. <laughs> did I do that? My I did do that in my other one. Yeah. It's all right. So let's let's get into your uh, the troops here, the battle line and onwards. So you know this one here, yeah, we got yeah, yeah. we got a unit of orc rune sons on a, on a magma troth. Uh, of course, we're going to be talking about that guy again. Uh, we got two units of uh, hearthguard berserkers, and uh, we got an endless spell here, man. Your old tried and true, your famous runic firewall. So take us through the philosophy on this uh, on on your troops here. So the hearthguard berserker is the bread and butter of uh, fire slayers for sure, yeah. and. They did go up in points. Everything went up in points. Sure. Little, little side note: all my list on my app that were two thousand points went up to like 2,400, 2,500 overnight. But still, they made the units better, so it's all good. But right. uh, th- that there was some sticker shock there. But uh, the Hearthguard Berserkers, the bread and butter. I could see people arguing for the Mortal Wounds or the other build. I, I don't even know right now. Like I said, I'm building. 20 more of the non-mortal wound ones because I always run the mortal wound ones and right. uh, I, I, I just don't roll the sixes. But uh, so I, I try to get lists around 1990, 1995, or 2000. That's just like why, like where I like to be around. I, I hate when I have like 50 or 60 extra points. So the runic firewall I kind of just put in there at first, and then it started, in my opinion, winning me games. To be honest, well. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those hidden gems. And I, I think we're going to see, in my opinion, looking at the two lists, and of course, here's me giving away the goods here a little bit right now. In the second list that we're going to be looking at, I think your Runic Firewall probably plays a little bit more into that as far as a defensive piece. But let, let me go back to the Hearthguard Berserkers before I screw up everything here and give away all the goods on the next thing. So with with these units, right, they're both, both units are reinforced. They're both units are enhanced, reinforced. Now, Griff, yeah. I want to ask you this about, about the, the Berserkers here. If if there's a Fire Slayer's hero wholly within nine inches, then mm-hmm. they do or they do not have a four plus ward save. Or they do have a they do have a four plus ward save, correct? They do. Jesus. I gotta tell you, which if you think about all they do, berserkers, right? Which this is gonna keep them alive long enough for them to kill a lot of enemy models. I mean, if plus look at it this way, they have a fierce counterattack rule, but they're, yeah. they're still really good. You know that that's one thing that that I want to I want to point out. I mean, the and that's why that's why I'm talking about the, the the depth and the gears that this army has. I mean, yeah. to to me when I when I look at the Hearthguard Berserkers and I was reading through the whole book, I really think that this is probably in, unit wise, or could be with all the Fire Slayer Fire Slayer players out there, probably the favorite unit. It has to be yeah. in, in in my opinion, the Hearthguard Berserkers probably have to be that, and, and for good reason. Yeah. With you know, look at they got a two inch reach. Uh, and, and two different weapon options doing a lot of damage I'd like to throw out there. And now with the, as we just talked about, the, the retinue rule, um, they're, they're really good at keeping your general alive while still being in the thick of combat. And, and well, I you think... just made me realize something, too. Like, when you asked me how I play with them, I used to play with them very offensively. And I think Volstrag or whatever, you used to, like, first turn two... You could run and charge. I forget what it was, but I used to play super offensively. Right. And then with the Hearthguard Berserkers' new rule, 
I'm not surprised they changed it, but it used to be, if I'm not mistaken, if there's a hero within 12, not wholly within 12, they get a four up ward. And if there's not, they still get a six. Okay. Now this new rule is you have to be wholly within nine to get right. a four and they never get a six. Right. Oh, is so that, that okay? Is, so that's okay. So they don't ever get it no matter what, if they're not within wholly within nine. Right. So that's huge. And then the other reason why now I play defensively as opposed to offensively is because what, what I used to do, at least I know people do this too, is you take a rune smiter or two with a block of 15, two blocks of 15 berserkers. Right. And you drop them outside of nine. If you hit the charge, they're screwed. If you don't, they have to deal with it next turn. Right. And uh, if you hit the charge, you were still within 12 and they got their ward safe. Now, if I was to drop out with the rune smiter and charge, they're, they're outside of nine because it's not. Uh, let me check. It's not within nine. It's wholly within it's, it's, nine. I, I, I think it's I think it's, uh, folks correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have my book in front of me. But when I was reading it, I think it's wholly within nine inches. Yeah. Then they have a four yeah. plus word save. Are we right on that, Griff? Yeah, duty into okay. onto death. Yeah, so it's holy okay. within that. So now automatically, if I make that charge, which is I, I realized this instantly, that which is why I was upset. But like, if I make that charge, I just lost my entire ward. So where's the incentive to do the deep strike with the pole? And maybe that's why they did it. And, and what's crazy is the rune smiter could actually tunnel a magma drop if you wanted to, which is pretty sweet. But uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. The the imagery there is pretty sweet, but yeah, so that that is a huge change to the hearth guard. Now it, instead of deep striking them with a rune spider, you would lose that all that ward save, which you have to have because they only have a five up save. Most things have one rend. You're at a six up save. It's, right. Yeah. That could be yeah, and, and I think I think to round up this 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 list here, your first list. I mean, I'm going to go back to the runic firewall because I've seen you play this, and I've seen how you played this, and obviously this is good for blocking off enemy units. Let's just call a spade a spade. That's what it's there for. But I I I think that you know obviously magma drops can walk over it, but no other units can, even your own fire slayers, right? Correct, and you can't end the movement on it. Um, if you have flying, you could fly over it, but sure. there is like a little unique hidden ability within itself which is kind of, it's it's kind of unique and okay. it's, every at the beginning of every phase you could say that something wholly within 12 is going to get a, a ward save but you roll a dice and if you hit a six it's a four up ward save but the rune wall disappears so you can't just spam it every time because you it might disappear then sure but if there's a time where like your magma draw your general is there or the rune sun's there and they're over that wall or right by the wall or what, you know, you could uh, potentially either give them the six up ward save, which is good either way. And then maybe even a four up ward save, which is huge. Sure. For a magma drop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I really think, you know, I, I think as far as, you know, I think the only other endless spell that was probably as good as the runic firewall was in gloom spite gets, they had scuttle tide little spiders. And and that thing did the same thing, but I, I I do think the runic firewall is an enhancement on what Scuttletide was able to do with the Gloom Spite. But um, I definitely say that 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 the way you use that thing is for you know in choke points and to prevent enemy units, you know yeah. you can really stiff arm units you don't quite want to get into combat with right away, or maybe have to deal with right away. Um, Especially someone like uh, Nurgle. Yes. Yeah. 
you could screw them over pretty bad. And, and I own all the indications, but I, I really can't see myself for whatever reason running the molten infernoff. Like I've tried, and then I thought he was a good piece because he could like block. But then right. the more you the rules, as long as they finish the movement not on the base, they could actually just walk through it. So it's it's bizarre. And yeah. It's seven, it's yeah, that's right. Well, I, I think I think the way you have it right now, as far as what you're using it for, I think is I think is perfect. And like like I said, this this first list that we're that we're looking at here tonight, to me, is more or less the uh, the hammer list, the heavy hitting list, the the, the steamroller list, yeah. I guess you will, because of all the magma drops. But so with with, with this first list, kind of kind of explained a little bit, and we're kind of winding it down. What what is your overall tactic with this one? I mean, obviously depending on the opponent, of course. But what's your what's your mainstay tactic with this list here? That's what you do. You invite people on, figure out how they beat you, and then you. <laughs> I I try to give all the give give away all the goods, man. Tell me how to beat you. No, I'm totally <laughs> uh, so listen up. <laughs> like I said, uh, well, like you said, I like to um, put the runic firewall in a choke point and make you kind of decide. Uh, you know, go around the mountain this way or that way. Right. And when you couple that with fierce counterattack it's pretty powerful because by the time they get to you what i what i like to do is kind of keep I, I play very reserved for whatever reason with fire slayers sure i used to play more aggressive but uh with the movement on the magma draws and then them having that minus three rend right by the time you get there um i kind of castle up a little bit and then let them come to me because usually by the time i've created a wall now they have to go around um if they're auto sixing something, if they're running units, that could be sketchy because sure. what if like that unit rolled a two and these guys rolled sixes? Well, now they lost that guy, so now only two got in, and I'm fierce counterattacking. So, so my goal is that by the time you trickle down on each side, uh, you don't trickle in all at once, even though that was probably your plan, and then I could fierce counterattack and then uh, take it from there, kind sure. of thing, or yeah. unleash hell. With the minus three rent, that's pretty big too. Right. All right. They, All right. They hit. A, yeah, yeah. That, that's a, that's a great way to sum up that list. Um, I, I kind of like the way you ended that one too, because I, I definitely I've seen that list in in, in play, uh, and I can say right now that that that's probably the list I've seen you win the most with. But what's interesting is this next list, this next list that we're going to be looking at. Uh, honestly, this this is quite a departure from the first list. Uh, as, as this is more of an infantry-based list, and, and and in many ways, offers a different type of competitiveness than the first list. And, and folks, you kind of heard me say this at the top of the show that um, both lists are going to achieve the same result, which I think is winning the majority of their games. But I think that there's different approaches, and I like the two different looks of both of these lists. I mean, obviously, you got your lodge here. Uh, you got the the Grayford Lodge, aka I like to call them the Blackbeards. Uh, your grand strategy is hold the line. And you know, with this list, a possible good strategy would be, uh, uh, Grimner knows, uh, no mercy. I, I think it's what it's called or Grimner, Grim, no mercy for Grimner or Grimner knows no mercy, but that's, that, that's neither here nor there say, because I was thinking about this when I, when I was reading this right before the show. And I think that one Grimner knows no mercy. I believe at, at the end of your turn, all your Volkite berserkers, and you're carrying a bunch of them here, all those units on the table, if they're within three inches of enemy units, you you get this battle tactic, super simple, so it, yeah. it's it's easy points and and you can take one unit of your Volkite berserkers and 
pick the right turn to use his battle tactic and voila, you, you, you got it, you got it made right there. But going, going back to it, you're triumphant. You got bloodthirsty and you're carrying battalions in this one, man. You got your, uh, let me, let me read it here. You got your command entourage, your hunters of the heartland and your vanguard. All right, man. Take us through the list, man. Yeah. I, I've introed it for you. I could see people taking Grimnar knows no mercies. I, I mean, taking one unit of Volkai berserkers just to do that. Yeah. And then, First turn, get him in battle. That that's a pretty good play. Uh, triumphs, bloodthirsty. People always yell at me. They're like, "Why <laughs> don't you just do the plus one to wound?" I know, I know. But uh, yeah, yeah. For this, what I tried to do was I I tried to make a list with no magma draws. That was that was where I started with this idea. And then yeah. I was like, "Well, I just bought this flame keeper." And then I I started adding stuff up. Who doesn't love a four up rally? Sure. Uh so, and then I always liked the idea of mirror armies. Because if you take out this or that, well, I still have it over here. And that's also back to the simplicity thing. Whereas, like, if you try to keep a list, although this one might not be, try to keep a list of, like, four or five War Scrolls, it just helps with the fluently of the fluent, the fluid of the game. And I think that, uh, so my general here, let me see, is the uh, Rune Master, right? Yep, yeah, you got one Rune Master, and you got the uh, the Command Tree. You got Master Priest on him, and uh, you got uh, 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 Volatile Brazier as your artifact on him. So let's start with that general. First off, yeah, great guy to make a general because he has an ability on his card that if, if a Rune Master is within three inches of a general, you get an extra command point at the beginning of your turn. Nice. So if you make him the general, he's automatically within three inches. You're just going to get an extra command point. Bingo. Yeah. Which, yeah. Is, is pretty good. Um, I don't even have to explain why that's good, but uh, right. master priest, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one uh, I'm going to flip here real quick, but that's the one that gives you the five up, the five up gold. Right. So instead of hitting on the six, you're hitting on the five. So yeah, that, but, again, that I, I think it's pain. also with this ability, you can do the same rune twice in a game. If, oh, I'm if sorry. I remember right, right? I, I think I, I think I think this gold rune is, is 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 so. Here's what it is. I think it's once per game, I believe, or once per. I think it's once per game. I don't remember now, but the the rune uh, is is really good. And no, you're right. You're right. That's what it is. I'm reading it right here. You could activate one rune that you already did. Yep, you that's it what it is. Right. Right, which you know that master priest thing is 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 pretty slick, and, and I think um, well, I'll let you keep going. No, it is pretty sl- sl- slick. Sorry, and and that brazer uh, allows you to reroll chanting prayers, yeah, and double the length of the invocation. Right, so that's why I see people running that beast invocation and just shoving it in people's face and saying, "Deal with this." Kind of like that incarnate. You're gonna right. see a lot of um, right. kind of just like that actually, but uh. You know, let me let me kind of stop you right there because you know when, when you when you talk about the beast, I, I got to be honest with you, man. I'm in the tank with you for the runic firewall, and and I'll kind of go back to why I think I think the the, the, vol- the, the volatile brazier is is good for the for the firewall because, yeah, like you said, when the bearer summons an invocation, he can re-roll that prayer roll or that chanting attempt, and right. when he doubles the range of that invocation where it can be set up. You know, okay, a lot of people might look at that on the surface and say, yeah, that's not great. But 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 if I'm going to be completely honest here, uh, simply because the invocation isn't some amazing thing doesn't mean it's not good. And that's why I'm saying the runic firewall right. isn't some amazing thing. It's good for blocking off enemy units. So, uh, you know, I got to be honest with you. I think that, that the volatile brazier and the runic firewall go together like peas and carrots, man. I think that's the perfect, perfect two to put together. 
Oh, yeah, I think it's great against uh, really the only counter would be, you know, someone with all flying like Nighthawk maybe or somebody. Sure. That would be it. Otherwise, yeah. you shove this in their front line and now maybe you disrupted their ferocious advance or any ideas of advancing in that way and then maybe opened up an objective for yourself or whatever. I, I agree. I think it's yeah, I, it's just a great uh, artifact. It's a great artifact. Yeah, and I love the fact that you took Curse on your Rune Master as your general. And, and, I, and maybe this is me being ignorant here, Griff, but I want to I kind of throw this out there. I think, I think Curse is an interesting choice. I want to say that right now. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 well, think about it. As, as often, oh, well, keep this in mind, though. Keep this in mind. He knows every prayer in the book. Oh, okay, yeah. I, okay, that's true. That's true. So I'm going to kind of take it back here a little bit. I did think it was a little unusual, though, that you took Curse on your general, because often yeah. with a general of an army, I, I've seen heal on the general. Like the, the the prayer heal yeah. more so. I mean, is is so. Uh, and, and I, but I like I said. Now that you said that, I I don't have to say any more on the whole curse thing. I think it's cool. Okay, gotcha. I, you can play around with it. You can play around with any of the uh, universal ones. Right. For sure. Right. Yeah. And then of course you're rounding up your hero list. You got two battlesmiths. You know, and and I love I love how you have these two different battlesmiths. Your first and your second one. I'll call them kitted out. I think these guys probably round out that hero slot. Probably better than 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 what you have uh, in in the whole thing in this whole list, I believe. E- even more yeah. so than the flame keeper that you have, I I would say. The flame keeper is like a back pocket trick with the drought of the mag magmalt ale because right. He all of a sudden he has eight attacks, threes and threes minus two two damage or something like that, and it's like whoa, I didn't see that coming. But right. uh, what I like to do is I I stick the battlesmith and a flame keeper with. Uh, 20 to 30 over here, and then a flamekeeper with a battlesmith 20 to 30 over there. But what I did do, back to the rune smiter plus one to wound, minus one to wound thing, what sure. I did was one battlesmith is a wizard. Right. I like that. Yeah. And gave him flaming weapon. Who doesn't like flaming weapon? And then the other one with the Nocidian icon, I guess. Right. Um, is anti magic. So that's just another simple thing for my head. One is magic, one is anti-magic. Sure. And that and that icon is great because on a four up, you're just not affected by the spell. Yeah. And anything I forget the range, maybe twelve, maybe nine. I think it's anything, a tw- I think it's a twelve inch range. Yeah, you're right. Everything else that you're around, which I shove them right there with mm-hmm. them. So I, Yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. I, your your battlesmiths no. go ahead. I I I almost interrupted you. Sorry about that. No, no, you're all right. I was just saying uh Magic is one of their weak points, so this is a good counter. But I got to tell you, the way that you have your Battlesmiths kitted out in the second list here, you know, all right, let, let's just start right off where you, where you left off with them before I interrupted you. The, the if, <laughs> if, 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 if we, let's, if you have the icon of Grimner, uh, you, you got them obviously on both of these bad boys, correct? Icon of Grimner? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, is that the four rally thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you, you yeah. Got, you're getting, a, you're getting a ward and a five plus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Oh, the- Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the on the first battle tome or, or battle tome, good God, the on the first battlesmith, what I like about it is the arcane tome. Uh, then you're throwing on flaming weapon, which I had to I had to kind of snicker at because a I love the fact that you've turned a battlesmith into a wizard. But but no joke, <laughs> then you're going to throw on flaming weapon on this bastard because here's the thing. In combat, this guy's got, what, uh, four attacks, he's threes by threes, negative one damage two already, plus flaming weapon, yeah. 
The, the dude's a hammer. And, and like right. I said, and, and the rally at, at a four plus is such a bonus. And that's just one of your battlesmiths on this thing. That's why I think I like this second list because it's, it's original. You want you know, you talk about, you don't want to play an army. No one else plays. This one might be the one just in the family group of fire slayers. And I think it's, I think it's a very winnable and winning list. But the second one with that, that, uh, Nulsidian icon or whatever the yeah. heck it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I, I think if I'm right, if Mark, stop me if I'm wrong, but is this, it can only go on a battlesmith, right? Yeah, I, I think it is only. It's, I, it's I can't remember. Book. I can't remember in the book, but I think this is the one that can only go on a, a battlesmith. And, and if you, if you do that, it gives all your fire slayer units wholly within 12 inches, the ability to ignore spells and endless spells on a four plus. So that's, you know, that. Right. And, and I gotta Sorry. be honest with you. Uh, that's really good. I mean, it's yeah. really good, and and it, and it makes the battlesmith. Um, well, I would say it would make him one hell of a target for a shooting army. You know, if 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 I if I knew all that, but see, here's the nice thing about this list: a lot of the people that you play initially with this with this particular list, I mean, unless they're not watching Grimdark Live right now, they're not really going to know what this is all about. You, you know what I mean? Right. Right. And, and uh, it's not about gotcha. It's just about versatility. And well, uh, yeah. And. The reason why there's so many artifacts, in case people don't know, if you take Gray, Grayfred, uh, you add one wound characteristic to all the foot heroes, so they all each get extra life. That's pretty cool. And then you could get two additional artifacts of power to be given to them. And then I have the other uh, battalion, which gives me another one. So I think I'm up to like four. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and and let's let's just kind of peel the onion layer back here on the Battlesmith. Why are these guys really good? Because now. They can give Fire Slayer units wholly within 12 inches a 6-plus ward save. I think we, we just talked yeah. about this, Griff. But once per game, they can boost that to a 5-plus. That is that is such a an immense... I mean, really, if you're, if you're a Fire Slayers player out there and you're not taking Battlesmiths, shame on you. I mean, and if you, and look at, look at about it this way, Griff. Tell me if I'm wrong on this, because I'm kind of a neophyte with this army. But coupled with the ability to issue rally commands, you know, that rally ability, uh, you know, to, to, to get models back on a 4-plus rather than, obviously, the 6-plus... Uh, with the icon that uh, Nulsidian icon thing, and you're going to ignore spells yeah. on a four plus. The battlesmith, I, I don't see. Do, do we see anybody not taking a battlesmith in their in their lists? I mean, I I think running like five or six magma draws, but I, I I don't see why you wouldn't, especially because. Uh, well, I would like to make a note though that that five up ward, even if you run two of them, you can only do it once. But still, oh really? Amazing. Okay, okay. All yeah, right. you, can't, you can't pop it for uh, two separate. So if anyone's doing that, well, that's that's kind of a that's kind of a uh, um, a dirty trick, you know. But but yeah, I, I guess yeah. I guess they got to do that. Otherwise, it would be totally op. But um, so let's go back to, to me being rude to the fire the, the the flame keeper here because you got two of these <laughs> bad boys, and he's not a priest, uh, but he has a pretty I cool know. trick he can do. I do like that. And so, so, so I guess I cut you off when, we, when, you know, I got all excited and crazy, uh, over the battlesmiths. I, I, I ignored the, uh, uh, the, the poor flamekeeper, but, but kind of talk a little bit about that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't blame you because the battlesmiths are super important. Heck yeah. Uh, that fourth rally is important, but, uh, the flamekeeper, like I said, I ran one and then I was like, wait a minute, you could do this twice where, uh. They have the token next to them where every time a fire slayer's friendly fire slayer's person dies by him, it goes up one power. And when he hits six, you could use his power. 
And the two that I see most use, uh, again, this is just me, is uh, the six-up ward, if you don't have that anymore from the Battlesmith, or that list doesn't have Battlesmith for it. But the best one, in my opinion, is Grimner's Vengeance. Okay. And you could add one to the damage of that unit's melee weapons. Okay. All of a sudden, you have two Flame Keepers next to each other, and last turn you took a hit, so they're both at six. And you just gave something plus two to damage. I mean that, and that could go on uh, Hearthguard Berserkers or Hearthguard and Volkai Berserkers. Okay. So when you start combining them with, uh, if you took the Volstrag or whatever, and you get the plus sure. one to hit, plus one to wound. Right. And now plus, you know, plus to two to damage, mm -hmm. and maybe because the rune you're at minus one ren. Right. Now you're all of a sudden that that unit's like a grave guard or whatever. Oh yeah. Like, so yeah. Let, let me let me try to let me try to massage the oatmeal here a little bit because I'm trying to understand this. So 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 the flamekeeper from what you just said. In in, in short, in short, I'm, I'm going to try to keep this. I'm going to try to keep, so. You you could do something like I don't know. You could put a dice or a token or whatever the heck right right next to the right next to yeah. the flamekeeper, right? And yeah. with the number one on it, let's just say a dice, right? Let's keep it simple. D six. D six. You put it up with a, with a number one. Then every time a friendly fire slayer model dies within whatever the inches is, uh, nine or twelve oh, inches, I'm not sure. Yeah. You add one to the dice until you get to a six. Is that what it is? Right. So but then it starts out one, so you only need five. But okay, so then after this, after after you you ever gets to a six, then you get a buff, right? You, the, the, this this particular character gets to gets to buff a unit nearby. Then at the beginning of the combat, not your combat, so either combat phase. Okay, uh, okay, okay. You can pop them off, and you there's nothing that limits you from popping both off if both had full power. So you could give something to, or, or you could choose two different ones, obviously. But adding two damage to a melee weapon. Dirty. Yeah, you know what? I, when I when I think about the, when I think about the flamekeeper here, I, I kind of think about the analogy between cold pizza and sex, right? You know, when it's when it's good, it's good, and when it's bad, it's still pretty good. You know, uh, he he, he kind of reminds me of the orc flamekeeper there a little bit. You know, kind of that kind of that comparison well, of that. Every, you know, it was a big deal because he was the drop at period of the deep. Here's the new hero, right? And it felt like womp womp, but really. The reason why he's not a priest, the reason why he's not doing much, even though he does pretty well, is because he's only ninety points. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. Okay. So, so, so all oh, parlor trick aside, he's ninety points. Yeah. I get it. You know, okay. you have forty, fifty more points. Maybe he gets some more tricks. But really, if you notice, because I had all the extra artifacts, you give this guy uh, Trout of the Ale. Right. And also, he's got eight attacks. Assuming you give them all out, because you know you're going to use it that turn. Yeah, right. He's got eight attacks, two to hit, three to wound, minus one, two damage. Not to mention, if you did finest hour, now it's two to wound, and then of course any rune enhancement. That's the thing. When you look at this, like on on the battle tone, when you look at the units, you're like, ah, I mean, I don't know. And then, but when you start compounding all these different abilities, right. It's pretty devastating. Well, and, and let's get into the devastating part of the list that I think, you know, and that's your troops. Because you got you got two units of ten Volkite Berserkers with uh with, with bladed sling shields. Um mm -hmm. you got two units of ten Volkite Berserkers with the with the fire steel hand axes. Uh there's your yeah. Grim there's your Grimrath Berserker. You got you got one of those bad boys in the list. Uh but then it starts to get interesting. You got one unit of ten Hearthguard Berserkers, and then you've got back back by popular demand, man, you're rounding out with your uh with your firewall there again. So 
Let's uh, oh, yeah. let's start from the top, man. Let's talk about some of the troops in this second list here and, and kind of get an, a, a flavor for, for what they're going to do. So it might be silly, but again, a big thing for me is like the total points. So that's how I kind of ended here was 1995. I might right. even get a try and I have all these units and models. But uh, for me, it's uh, let's start with the Grim Wrath Berserker. Yeah, okay. I want to this guy so hard like i i want that sounded so wrong yeah i want i'm gonna let that go yeah thanks thanks uh it's the beard that was a different podcast right my <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i really want to like this guy i own two of them i want to use them he's i love the abilities that he has and he gets a specific thing where he could take an oath which we were kind of talking about earlier right and i gave him the oath where he's the retinue for these hearth fair berserk the reinforced unit here so he is kind of their bodyguard, and uh, that's pretty huge. It's pretty nice that he also counts as a hero, but he doesn't count as a leader. Different time, different different subject. But, sure, uh, sure. So, yeah, I mean, the, the basic unit, the Volkite Berserker, which, to be honest, in my opinion, no one was really running them in the old book because of the Hearthguard Berserkers. Were yeah, cheaper right. Yeah. And, yeah. Some people with them, and yeah, uh, right, but now they've given you plenty of reason to run these guys. Mm-hmm. I like their abilities, I like, I always loved with Warhammer. One of the things that turned me on in Warhammer was that depending on what you glue on this little dude is what you play. And I noticed that first with like the Morgast, Akai, or whatever the heck they're called, right? Where if you glue this one thing, they get an extra attack, but if you glue this breastplate, they get a five up ward. And I always thought that was so cool about Warhammer that, like, based on what you're gluing and painting could actually affect your unit. So I chose the war pick and the shield. Right. I could see why people would choose the axe. Well, I, I want to talk about that because I think you flipped the script on on, a, on another unit because I don't really see a lot of the war pick. And, and, and I, I got to tell you this, you know, uh, I, I love the fact that you have taken the war picks rather than the, the hand axes because I would say that if I looked at 10 units of all kite berserkers, with the sling blades, uh, their sling shields, I mean, um, I would say that eight out of 10 have the hand axes. And, and I think a lot of folks steer away from the picks because of the four plus to wound. I think that's, uh, you know, uh, kind of a, kind of a conscientious deal breaker for some people when they can get the other one that's threes by threes. But the problem is that's no rend. The pick is negative right. one rend. I mean, is that the reason kind of why you chose the picks? Well, yeah, because if you look at, some of the more popular armies, in my opinion, right now, like Nurgle or Stormcast. Stormcast could be down to damn near a two up, three up. So that one Ren could make a difference. Right. And then uh, Nurgle, if most of their stuff, although they do have this, the award save, if they're at a five up, well, now they're at a six up. That's really not that good. And uh, you have a chance to, like, plink them with a little bit of damage here and there. I, I you, you don't see... Two damage output, unless you're combining different things like the tools we've talked about. Right. But uh, at the right place with the right moment, it's great. And they even have this other little extra ability, no matter whether you give them the pick or the axe, where when they charge for each one, yep. all the dice, if there's 10, you roll 10 dice, each six is a mortal wound. You know, yeah. it, their battle line, I forget how many points they even are, right? At 170, I mean. Yeah. I mean. Or. I, I look we'll at it this it. way. You're, 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 you're kid out on them. Oh, look, I, I think one way or the other, you're, you're either going to gain whatever you don't on the, on the wounds with the rend, 
or you're going to make more wounding hits without the rend. I, I think, but I do like the originality of the picks because you just don't, you don't see a lot of the war picks. And, you know, if you look at something like fierce counterattack, that ability, um, where they're going to, they're going to, they're going to be able to strike first, you know, that rule, they're going to be able to strike first in the enemy combat phase. Yeah. Maybe the picks are a better choice when, when you really try to boil all the water out of the pot and look at it from that standpoint. But isn't there a drawback, uh, now that I think about it, isn't there a drawback to Fierce Counterattack? Isn't it an ability uh, where, where a unit can only receive this command once per game or something like that because it's a, it's a, it's a command yeah. ability? Yeah, that's what it is. I, 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 we, we touched yeah. on that earlier I'm in the show. So, yeah. that, but I'm positive. Like, if you do Fierce Counterattack with the unit, uh, all, then you can't do it again with that right. unit. But also, uh, you can't do it with heroes. You could only choose to do that with the um, Hearthguard Berserkers. Volkite Berserkers and Orcarthgard. And yeah, you could only do it to one guy once a game or one group of people a game. Okay. And, and uh, we, we got a question here on the chats. Uh, Griff's asking, how many drops is the list? So Griff's asking Griff, how many drops <laughs> are the list? That list? Oh my God, I'd have to count. It gets up to 11 or 12, but like, I think. But the reason why, again, because if you abandon the idea of Battle Regiment or One Drop, like, I really don't care if I go first or second to the point where I'm going to manipulate my list to make me go first or second. Sure. So uh, I would rather take the extra command point, or I mean extra enhancement. This list, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. It's 12 drops. But There you go. Here's, here's the, you know, everyone always thinks, oh, my God, there's 12 drops. Yeah, I'm going to drop this one guy. And if they have a battle regiment, let's say, uh, okay, they'll drop their one pissant wizard. Okay, now I'll drop another guy. Oh, now they're getting to their battle regiment where they're going to reveal their entire army's position to get that one drop. Like, okay, you're three or four drops. All right, well, I'm on my third drop. I've dropped three little heroes. Right. You know where my entire army's going. I mean, I have nine more drops over here. So drop all your stuff. Show me where all your stuff is. I knew I was not going to pick first or second anyways. Right. And now I'll tailor where I'm dropping my units based on where you deployed and then flank your weak side is the goal. So I actually don't mind having more drops most of the time because the enemy reveals their position. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's a great, that's a great point of view because, you know, I, I think, I think the, the, how many drops I have, how many drops you have conversation will always continue. I know that on a particular list, like with my beast of chaos, I want as little drops as I possibly can because I want to be able to control that first turn. But uh, I, you know, it, it's different. You know, it's chocolate or vanilla. I think so. Moving, moving oh, out with the troops. Armies. I have one drop. Sorry, sorry. I have no, one ahead. drop armies though. Sure. I definitely have one drop list with different armies, different sure. ideas. Sure. This particular one, not. But I like, I like, I like your idea behind having a twelve. You know, you kind of brush it off, and I, I like that attitude. I think that's a good way to do it. So. Moving out with the troops, though, you got you got two units of ten Volkite Berserkers with the fire steel hand axes. Pretty self-explanatory there. We know what you're going to do with those guys. Um, yeah. But let's talk about the you, you got one Grim Wrath Berserker in this in this list, and and this guy's a this guy's a mother blanker, man. I got to be honest with you. This guy is. I, I, I'm going to go back and kind of we 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 briefly touched on earlier. I think is essentially a must in a Fire Slayer's army, in my opinion. Uh, they're, they're, great. they're, they're super strong yeah. and pretty unique for, for a unit choice. So take it away, man. T- tell us why we love them. 
everyone wants to love them. I run them. I think they're great. They're not that expensive at 105. No, and no, they're not. What's what's weird to uh, someone who might not look too deep is like they're a hero, but they're not a leader. Right. And that's a whole thing. But uh, sometimes the battle plan will say if a hero does this, well, now he counts towards that. But right. He also has these things called oaths, and one of the oaths you can do is you can make him a retinue for these Hearthguard Berserkers here, so that's exactly what I've done. So now he's their bodyguard. If he attacks first, then they instantly get to attack. That's awesome. And if he takes damage, he could pass it to the Berserkers, and the way that it's written, it specifically says that the Berserkers get to go for a ward save. So there's potential that no one takes damage. Right, right. And if people don't know, after this guy attacked, if he only attacked once in the phase, at the end of the phase, on a two-up, he's attacking again. And if he's killed, I think it's on a two-up, he's attacking again. Something right. like that. So he, he's pretty sweet. I own two of them. I, I really like the idea of attacking twice. Um, I, I've ran him in some games. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him some more games. He didn't do the the swing that I thought he would. Okay. But honestly, w- with this list having so much to focus on, it's kind of chaotic that, like, sometimes he slips through the cracks, and then all of a sudden this guy's got eight attacks, threes and threes, minus one, two damage, I think. So right. it's like eight attacks, meaning he attacked twice successfully. But, uh, and that's that's no joke. And then when you, again, when you start adding these runes on, the damage is getting through. Yeah, I, I think I think, you know, for for me, when I look at this army, you know, sometimes sometimes it, it takes a while to get your to get your bearings when you're when you're piloting a particular unit or army. I think this guy is as good as he's portrayed on paper. And one of the things I, I like like you touched on is I love the fact that he's innately a hero. I mean, if you think about what we can do with this guy, at the start of the first battle round, right, you can pick what is it, one of one of these one of one of the oaths to apply to to this berserker model. And here's the thing. Um if you have multiple berserkers, right? I would think, like you said, you had two of them. Then, then you can pick a different oath for each one, correct? Yeah, you have to actually. So you can't choose the same. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, the nice thing about this is is you can tailor your choice to your opponent's army. That's one thing that got me thinking about when you talked about your, yeah. you know, tailoring your, your your drop counts. You can tailor that to your opponent's yeah. army, which means unless you take a lot of these berserkers. You probably won't be wasting these abilities, is what I what I'm trying to say. And and I think that when I look at a unit like this, what what I like so much about them is that they're they're innate things. And you hear us talk about it on the show quite a bit. We always talk about the innate things armies do, which are appealing rather than just the the, the surface or the immediate things that they can do. These guys aren't leaders. And in, in both battlefield role and and if you if you play narrative, which means you you can take a lot of them if you wish. And they're still heroes, so putting an artifact on them can boost their combat abilities. Plus, the Grimwrath right. Oaths really do a lot of, I don't know, flavor to this little hero? Is that, is that, I don't even know if that's, if that's the way to put it. I mean, I, I'll just round about oh, yeah. this. I think, I think that, they, that, that the ability they have to pile in an attack twice in the combat phase or to, or to pile in an attack when they die uh, makes yeah. them very good at, at killing small units on objectives I, they're they're your lawnmower unit. They're the true lawnmower unit, and that's what I think these guys are. Another good one. Uh, yeah, like you said, uh, a, a beautiful thing is you don't have to choose the oath before the game starts. You choose it after the game starts. And yeah, like you said, 
to tailor it to their list. Yeah. And that was one thing I took away. I had to read that twice in the book when I was, when I was getting ready to talk about it here, because I was like, Holy crap. You know, that's, that's again, a, a little innate thing that this army does. That isn't necessarily a direct thing that people are going to be able to pick up on right away. Um, right. You know, so, and again, you know, you're, you've got your runic firewall back in there. And again, uh, folks, I love this thing. I think I'm going to say it again and again. I think it's the slight advantage uh, to have this in your list from from a defensive perspective, um, and probably more so in this list, Griff. And again, I'm not saying one list is better than the other. I'm saying that they've got different gears, right? So I think the yeah. second list plays to the runic firewall better than the first one. And I only say that now because you've got less movement in this list. You're slower. And I think if you right. can, if you can chuck that thing out there, get that expanded reach and chuck that thing out there and block off your enemy units, right. that's going to give you more time to get to where you need to get to. And I think that's a perfect thing to do it with. It is. It is. The other the other list, the Magma Dross can walk over it, but still in this list, being able to double its range and re-chant if I have to is, is a big deal mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And uh, I will say... Uh, we didn't talk about yet yet. We didn't talk about the Auric Hearthguard that are in this list. Oh yeah. All right. Well go ahead, man. Let's have it. Uh yeah, maybe they're out, they must have been at the bottom of the other one or or something. Well, you, you, you got you got uh you got um you got you got you got your um yeah, well let's let's talk about them. Go ahead. So a lot of people didn't like them when it first dropped. You know those people who have like the initial reaction without even ever playing. Right. Uh they kind of remind me of uh, Thunderers in a way. They're almost the exact, either fours and threes or threes and fours. Maybe it's flipped, right. which is a difference. But uh, I really like this unit the more that I play with it because I actually see success with it. And it has an interesting ability where on a six to hit, I think it's hit, not wound. Uh, if you hit a six, they minus one inch off their movement to a maximum of half. Oh, see, that's well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, annihilators are moving on too. <laughs> and yeah, and it it's a big deal. Or like, uh, you shoot ten, which is twenty one attacks with the extra, with the Carl. You shoot that into a great unclean one, and all of a sudden, I think he has a crappy movement, and now it's even crappier. Uh so there's just different units you could target, uh, and, and I think. I would say that's the most underrated unit in the book, if I had to choose. Or a card card. Would be I, I like the way you put that, because you know what? I was underrating them. I was. Yeah. yeah. I, I but I so I like that you said that because it makes a lot of sense. I think it brings I think it brings that particular unit into purview here that maybe they were getting a little disrespected because I know I sure kinda was in a way. Well yeah, what I what I want to do is I got I'm building up five more. I only have ten built now. I want to put fifteen next to a rune our rune smiter on Magma Draw with runic empowerment i think it is so and that's not limited to melee so all of a sudden they're wounding on twos you give them all out attack they're hitting on threes that's 21 shot or 21 shots for 10 so you'd have to add even more but that's uh threes and twos minus one one damage i mean that that's 30 shots of that is pretty pretty good in my opinion for an army that really isn't shooting yeah, I mean, yeah, and anytime, anytime you can have something on a, on a performance basis that the army doesn't normally do and can do it well like that, you know, getting thirty shots, you know, yeah. that's that's never that's never a bad thing. Um, 
And it's well, funny. And, and last thing with them is uh, they have one at, for melee. They're not even the worst. Okay. They get one attack each, sure. But threes and threes minus one, one damage. If it didn't have that rend, Bukaki. But uh, yeah, since it right. does, that's mentionable for sure. Well, you know, like I said, I, I, I love the second list because of the board coverage that you have. You, you really yeah. know, I mean, you fill the, you fill the table up and, and it, you're going to give your opponent, especially now in this, in this day and age with low model count armies, you know, I, I think of, you know, even, even the, 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 the orc war clans, uh, the ogre maw tribes, you know, even gargans to a certain extent, you know, yeah, they're going to hit you hard, but, but they, they, there's not a lot of mass anymore. I think we're getting there, but I think this army yeah. that you have here, the second list is a lot of board coverage. So, I mean, with, with this second list here kind of explained a little bit in detail, you know, what, what is your overall tactic with this one? Just like I asked you to give away the goods on the first one. I mean, well, I mean, obviously you're going to flood the board, but you have a very yeah. – this, this one seems far more defensive than the first list. It is. It is. Well, what you're going to want to do too is like um, you're going to want to leave <clears throat> the horde or card guard back at your base. They have an 18-inch shot. Right, right. That is a problem with Fire Slayers. If you send the house, then nobody's home. But uh, with this Auric Hearthguard, you could leave people at home that are still doing damage. They're not just 10 war picks sitting there, you know, doing whatever war picks sure. do. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's nice to leave some units at home. You, you protect your priest. Now all of a sudden your general, who's the rune master, who's by the forge, he's got lookout, sir. You know, shit right. like that. So it, it it does help, and uh, my my strategy though would be dependent on the battle plan. There's so many different diversities within the battle plans themselves that it's kind of hard to pick one strategy. With this list, the other list, I have the kind of a similar strategy, but with this list being having so many models. I kind of tailor that to the battle plan as well. Sure. Where well, you have that luxury with that many bodies on the table. Yeah, you know, but I'm I, a firm believer you can't take every objective. That's just the way. No, no, you know, you go go for most, go for most. You know, yeah. and, and it's like the old saying goes: we say it all the time. You know, you, you need shit that can get to shit, stand on shit, and kill shit. I mean that that's that's kind of the that's kind of the end of the story here. So, but you know, I, I'm here. Here's what a here's what a jag off I am. You know, we, we've been talking this whole time. We get through two lists. I never bring up the pizza oven once. I didn't bring up the forge at all. And and this is something that isn't as worthless as my beloved ogre maw tribes has with that stupid maw pot. That maw pot is worthless. So I mean, get round us round us out a little bit on the pizza oven. I mean, this this isn't so bad, right, for a terrain piece. Uh, yeah, that forge is pretty nice. I do like the forge. Um, the pizza oven, it gets me. It gets me. <laughs> it looks like a pizza people oven. People people call it the pizza oven. I'm like, man, I'll I'll cook your body parts in here, bro. Don't call it a pizza. Oven. And then like. <laughs> I've been looking forward to these crossbows with Nighthawk. Oh yeah! And now everybody's calling them crossbows. I'm like, don't, don't start calling. That's the Colvin Guard, bro. Yeah. That's the Colvin Throw or whatever the hell they are. They ain't damn crossbows. But uh, it's great. It's great. It gives you plus one to chant for anyone within 18, as long as someone's there to initiate the uh, power. And then if you want to expend the power, let's say once for a battle. In your hero phase, I believe you could say that uh, I don't want the plus one to chant anymore. Six up ward till my next hero phase. Right. Which is pretty good because if you use the other rune that is the ward, 
you could potentially have a six-up ward for four turns, two battle rounds. Yeah, that's, that's that doesn't suck. If you're not taking Battlesmiths, otherwise mm-hmm. it seems redundant. Right. Well, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a good piece to have on the table, and uh, and we probably uh, uh, I'm glad we didn't forget it. I'm glad we didn't forget it. But um, so so here's here's rounding this conversation out, Griff. And and honestly, you explained the army really well, man. And I love your lists, and and you're you're a hell of a player with this army for sure. But thank you. you. Yep. How would you advise, or what would you advise, you know, or or give advice to say a I don't know a new player or maybe a a less experienced fire slayer player on how to be successful with this army? What would be what would be an advice you would give them? I would say be cognizant of your bubbles, which is huge in this game. Like the, the holy withins is huge. Um, it's really important. I know you don't want to put your foot heroes out in danger because they might die, but then you won't be in the bubble. And if you put them close enough, they might get lookouts or if they're getting shot. Whereas if you kind of sit them behind a little bit, it, it, it's a full commitment with that hero. You don't want to like, you want him to be close enough to get lookout, sir. Otherwise, he's just going to get shot. Right. But I would say to a new player, the star collecting box, if I remember, is uh, Rune Spider, Ten Volkite, and a Magma Drop. It's a great place to start. Maybe even two of those. Right. But uh, Magma Drops are great in the new edition. I think they're a great place to start an army because they take up a good portion of the army. Um and you'll feel good about putting a model on there that actually has some results with damage. Because sure. when most new players get into Warhammer, that's their focus. Damage, oh, yeah. killing. Right. Um, so th- that is a good thing to it. I-, I think there are a lot of moving parts, but they're manageable for sure. So don't be like scared of the army in any way. I think, uh, but do keep in mind, like if you're running Hearthguard Berserkers, you have to dedicate a hero to that. If uh, you're running Volkite, there's just different play styles within the army. So unless you're looking for a shooting army, I think that it could kind of right shoot, shoot anybody based on as long as they want to get in damage and stab stuff with picks and axes. This is a great army to start with. And then I know we didn't really uh, talk about the other two invocations, but those are pretty cool as well. Having priest is pretty sweet because people it's hard to counter a priest where it's easier to counter a wizard. Sure. So you might not have wizards, but you have priests and then that, uh, but I actually can't remember if a priest, uh, wizard can counter spell. A... No, I, I don't, th- I don't believe they can. I, they, I don't think they're going to be able to do a lot of dispelling. I have um, to look into that. Oh uh, so... yeah. But all in all, I think it's a, if you're looking for an army to get into some melee combat and they even have some interesting shooting aspects, I think it's absolutely a fun army to play with. I love the counter attack. Right. Um, I've seen people the, the fierce counter attack. Yeah. Yeah, fierce counter attack. I've seen people not even charge me because of the fierce counter attack. Not and, and then I get a charging bonus, so right. it, it double. And um, of yeah. course, if you like, I got to agree with you because I, I, I what I love about this army is from the from the top down. The units are very manageable. The units are very solid. The allegiance abilities they feel very well driven and put together. Uh, you know, take take you know fierce counterattack for instance. I mean uh, that that can probably win you games. And and of course it's, yeah. it is the psychological effect. I think the enhancements for for that that are in the battle tome are overall really really good. 
Uh, there, there's a lot of variety in the builds, as we, we talked about at the top of the show, for, for you know, making a rune father on a magma drop. A, a combat beast is a, is a big win. So there's so much that you can do with this army that, um, that I, 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 liked, I liked your advice to it because it, it got me thinking and kind of rehashing uh, a lot about what we talked about on tonight's show. You know, and, and, and as far as how uh, uh, how I I even changed my perspective a little bit on fire slayers. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of different builds, although on the surface it might not seem like it. There actually is a lot of different play styles, and uh, they're just they're just a sweet army. I really do enjoy playing as fire slayers. Well, dude, I enjoyed having you on the show tonight to talk about fire slayers. But before we let you go, man. You got to give us some closing yeah. thoughts, man. You got to you got to walk us out of the show uh, with some with some wisdom uh, from from Griff. You ready? Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, it's always the rule of cool, and dwarves are the coolest. So of course you want to be them. I think that really, if you're looking for a fun army to enjoy, whether you're at a beginning stage or a, or a veteran player. There's so much versatility in this army that you could find an enjoyable play style that will fit your needs. And uh, I, I really think they would enjoy the army. Another positive is that not many people play it. So when you show up and you dominate with Fire Slayers, you become the man. Um, yeah. That's really all I got. I love the fire slingers, man. And, and that's uh, and that's and that's good enough and well said, man. All right, well that's a great show, man. That's a wrap, Griff. Thank you very much for uh, for for being with us, man. Yeah, you guys make sure you hit that like button, subscribe, Grimdark Live. Uh, great club. Really glad I became a part of it. You guys are amazing. Uh, really, really enjoyed hanging out and playing with you guys. You know, dude, a lot more good times to come. And folks, until we meet up again, remember, don't be a freaking short pants. All right. All right. Good night, everyone. Good Dark Live. We'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Hey, who are you calling a short pants? <laughs>